0: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
2: All right. Yeah, I (laughs) know.
3: family wants to give their child the very best start in life and it's heartbreaking when there simply aren't the resources available to new parents to do this. Families who have no clothes for their children or a cot or nappies. Two sister charities in South West London work together to provide support to families in desperate circumstances. Today's Dumpty Dum has been sponsored by Dusty Substances who would like to highlight the work of Baby Basics and The Extra Mile. Baby Basics provides essential items needed for life with a new baby to vulnerable families referred by frontline care professionals blankets clothing nappies maternity pads toiletries all given or paid for by donations from supporters in the local community in five years they've provided over 500 packs the extra mile supports families with children up to the age of five with items requested via health professionals social workers and charities including clothing equipment such as buggies and high chairs and toys and books again all donated or paid for by supporters if you'd like to make a cash donation to either or both of these amazing organisations, please contact Babybasics Sunbury at gmail.com and HMC the extra mile at outlook.com. Thank
4: you. This is Dumbly Dump, the show about the reality docudrama that are centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the secret trouser pocket that is Royfield Brown. And with me I have the over-inquisitive ferret that is
3: Lucy Freeman.
4: And the last part of Joe's show entry, folks, is you. Now this week's dumby dum is the one that we've had for the last three weeks. It's Lucy and her lovely pupil. But uh, Lucy, uh, three times a charm and all of that. But uh, for the fourth, we can't have it for a fourth week, can we? So no. we are yeah. imploring you, dear listener. Well, there's more than one of you out there, dear listeners all over planet Earth, to send us in a new dumby dum. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lucy, um, mm-hmm. this new fresh dumpty dum how can they send mm-hmm. it to us
3: if you would like to sing us a dumpty dum leave us a plot prediction or pay to have a pissed off hippie throw hot stones at you call us on <laughs> 0203 <laughs> 031 3105 or leave us a message on Speakpipe. thanks to cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the dumpty dogs Shambridge for her voices mike hatton for his character counts and to derek for lonely back bedroom derek is one of the judges of the uh, performing pets competition He's judging the bird entries as he's always been partial to a
4: cockatoo. Yay. <laughs> well done, you. Um this Can week... I just say
3: that I mm-hmm. wrote that gag and then went on Twitter today. I wrote that mm-hmm. gag on Thursday, then went on Twitter today, and John Reed had made the same joke. But I did not nick it from him. I did write it beforehand. This is why doing tweets of the week is so horrible because I always think that people think I just steal all their lines from him.
4: Talking about John Reed, did yeah. he come to the live Dumbie Dumb? So, know to
3: what he looks like?
4: Well, I presume he looks like his picture on Twitter, but no um, one
3: looks like their picture on Twitter.
4: Um, I look like my picture on Twitter, so do you. I recognised you the first time I met you from your picture on Twitter.
3: I'm now building a tower, Royfield, of things to bring my microphone up to where it should be. So, if there's a horrible sliding crash in a minute, it means my tower has
4: <laughs> toppled over. Sounds like the British economy after Brexit. Uh, the, on this week's show, we hear from Luke from California, Cosmo, Betsy, and Quilted Bunny. But first, before the call interrupts, before we have a Jenga like crash on the other side of the microphone, <laughs> let's brace ourselves for Lucy B. Freeman's Week in Ambridge.
3: week in ambridge was brought to you by women dis- dismissing a recent shag as meaning less than nothing which was very pleasing indeed thank god it was the party as it means you don't have to hear about the damn thing anymore ben and josh are making a concerted effort to kill their mother happy birthday mum here's your voucher for the parachute jump the bungee jump and the amateur knife throwing <laughs> uh, Bert wrote Ruth a poem, Jill gave her a brooch, and David gave her a pearl necklace when they got home. Oh, no, a scarf. (laughs) Sorry. Ruth had a lovely time. Oh, look, David. There's Maggie, my friend from college, the only person in the entire world I know that isn't related to you. Jenny Darling found it all a bit stressful. The musicians aren't here yet, which is worrying, she said. What was worrying was the fact that we could hear them in the background. Kent and the Fun Fascist introduced an adult bouncy castle. What is the difference between a children's bouncy castle and an adult's one? Was it in the shape of a big inflatable willy or something? Mm. Toby was on his own personal bouncy castle, a.k.a. Kate. The result was a large howl in the bouncy castle, which means Toby must have got
2: confused again.
3: Rex was being hotly pursued by Xanthi. Ban- he was hoping Anisha was going to be jealous, then described Anisha as laid back when in actual fact she's about as laid back as the Ayatollah Khomeini. No one's forgiven (laughs) Anisha anyway for cheating at the drinking competition with Jazza, so we don't much care about her. Anyway, Anisha basically said on this occasion she couldn't give her monkeys, and Rex sounded dispirited. The problem is, Rex is a golden retriever, basically, and Anisha is a nippy little Jack Russell. She's 18 times more clever and more cruel than Rex, and while she's whizzing around killing rats and chasing things, Rex is drinking out of the lavatory bowl. (laughs) <laughs> Forgive the dog metaphor, but you know it's There was bants, bants about the footy. wahey, woo, England. That was quite dull. But Neil again confirmed his role as village wise woman by correctly predicting the score. I would totally vote for Neil as Prime Minister. When things get tricky about Brexit, he could just pull his rueful face and make that weird <coughs> noise he does. And Angela Merkel would say, oh, yeah, I quite agree. Thank you, Neil. Chili? Chris tried to recruit Harrison. Chris tried to recruit Harrison to pull his bell rope, and Harrison was delighted. You yank on my furry Sally and then switch to a hand stroke, said Chris. (laughs) How hard could it be, said Harrisman. (laughs) How hard you pull it, I expect. William is going for custody of all the children in the world. Let's hope it's real custody, as we know what happens if you use (laughs) ready-made. Lillian was goaded into making Ruby the dog do tricks for the Pets Win Prizes pants at the village show. Maybe she could show everyone how Ruby runs and side property, because no other bugger does. Kate is going for it. She has, just for a change, gone for full-on victim status. Mm. Everybody thinks I'm a joke. No one takes me seriously. Not the goats I do yoga with, or the hot stones (laughs) I drop on local solicitors for 40 quid a pop. Then Jenny Darling pointed out the spiritual home is one of Kate's greatest achievements. No, it is her only achievement, Jennifer. Apart from making an entire nation pause while taking the roast potatoes out of the oven on a Sunday morning to shout, Oh, for God's sake, shut up, Kate! She perked up when she got to announce to a crowded pub that she'd received a thorough tobing on the bouncy castle. What I didn't understand was, while the tobing was supposed to be going on, (laughs) the others said Kate had gone inside, and then the others' others said they couldn't find Toby, and they had this discussion either on or around the bouncy castle itself. I know they're all three sheets to the wind, but surely they'd have noticed Kate's dune stack heels stuck up in the air while Toby recited the names yeah. of the England cricket team in alphabetical order to go over his normal 14 seconds. Anyway, <laughs> never mind that. Uh-huh. She cheered right up when she got to interfere in the naming of the pipette. I'm a bit of an expert on names, she said. Phoebe was named after the Greek goddess of child abandonment, and <laughs> Lolly and nolitando is coza for has mummy gone again? The
5: end. <laughs> oh,
4: that that was a drive this week. I, I I really enjoyed it so much better than last week. Uh, what's <laughs> <done for him>? <laughs> <laughs> there were loads of things I could I, I could actually uh, comment on in that. But like, if I do lose, we'll we'll, we'll never get through to to Corinnaus. <laughs> but that but that that was uh, seriously quite good. Um. What was the point? I, and I love the I love the dog analogy because now I've started to spend a little bit of time around dog people. I understand a little bit more about dogs and also understand that dog people are just a little bit bonkers. And whilst I'm yeah. on the t- topic of dog people, when are we going to have another walkie talkie?
3: I don't know. I've got a I still haven't found this man, the man mm. whose name I put in my phone and then forgot it. Um, and I need to do that. And there's some other people. But um, yes, it, uh, it's a logistical thing. It will be soon. Some, I'm very busy. Somebody oh, did
4: ask me today when there's going to be a new walkie-talkie. Just so people are getting yeah. if yeah. moving at me. I yep. know. Oh, sorry. sorry. So, uh, so uh, where, where to start? What was the point of Anisha and Rex? And what, that at all? Well, I'm slightly going to uh, because
3: if you look at the if you look at the debris for the um the debris. The, oh, what's it called? The um, the painkillers have kicked in, Roy. I'm off my head. Um, the things, the thing where they predict what's going to happen next week.
4: Mm.
3: They're not predict, because they know. On the BBC website, when it tells you the summary yes. of yes. next week, it said Anisha drops a bombshell. So we are being
4: reminded... That they're in a relationship.
3: That they're in a relationship and that Anisha is not that fussed. I think that's what's going on.
4: Hmm. So she's, not, so she's not going to be pregnant then? Because that would be too much. But that would be a bum show. it
3: was show. she said, wasn't it? When he said, what what they're going to call the baby. And she said, Wh- the, whose baby? Oh, um, she said, the baby. And then he said, whose baby or something? And, and Toby said, Rex said, Toby and Pix. And she said, oh, yeah, right, of course. Mm. And I thought, there's another baby? Of all the people not to be caught out. It would be her. It would be her. So it might be she's going to ask Rex if he will father a child with her but not get married and not get engaged and,
4: you know, blah, blah, blah. Wouldn't that be too similar viewed from 30,000 feet up but very different from the surrogacy storyline?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also we've got Pip
4: mm. doing the same thing. Um... Yeah. But talking about, but generally though, if like in a group of people, a group of women, if one woman decides, ah, oh, I'm going to have a kid, then her friends go, oh, that's not just a bad idea. And they kind of knock one out at the similar time. It's a bit of a phenomenon, isn't it? No. Okay. Because there's you that. You can go,
3: ah, I think I'll have a kid. Because, you know, you. But he puts this. It's series, a huge puts, decision, and it, it takes little... ages. And it's just—it's just the biological.
4: It only takes nine months. It's well, awesome. it takes three minutes, and then it germinates for nine months. Three minutes. Yeah. Roy Field Brown. Now, I and think. you're did the cigarettes? <laughs> exactly, I think it's good that <laughs> Grundy wants to be um the foster father of all the children in the world especially them poor little ones in America that have all gone missing from their Mars yeah. cars so that's good yeah. I thought that was a nice little touch to see what he did there Lucy now um these bloody dog thing right mm-hmm. you're a dog person uh, yeah. get me interested in the fact that uh, Linda and Lillian are gonna get all competitive about their dogs
3: well, it, can we t- there is a call coming up which is the single best plot prediction I have ever heard, oh. and if he's not right, I'm a banana. so we need to um uh, we need to talk about that when we get to that
4: Yes all right. Is it significant then moving on, that Harrison and Christopher have some level of a relationship worth talking about now, that he's going to go and stay with Harrison's going to stay with Christopher on the night before his wedding?
3: He hasn't mentioned that to Alice, has he?
4: No.
3: I keep wondering, because he keeps, Harrison keeps saying, is that okay with Alice? And he says, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine, which implies I haven't asked her yet and I keep Mm. forgetting and I'm not going to. And therefore there will be some kind of thing where Alice will walk in and find Chris, and find Harrison in the nip because she didn't know he was there or blah, 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 blah. blah. There will be some thing that involves that. Mm. Oh, yes. Institute, and and yes. there
4: might do you think there's gonna be some drunken inappropriate behavior from Alice as well?
3: Yes, yes.
4: Awesome. Right. Yes. Bell ringing.
3: And um, oh, by the way, talking of
4: mm-hmm.
3: um complicated relationships and blah blah blah, because we I made a joke last week about shagging a saucepan. Um uh, <laughs> and being pansexual. And we have had an email from Betsy in Texas who Ooh. says I have listened for a while, and I love you guys. Nothing ever compelled me to write it before, but here we are. Miss Lucy Freeman, I wanted to share my story with you. I am polyamorous, and my husband calls himself a relationship anarchist. You see, I'd rather be a relationship anarchist than a polyamorous. I'm not randy, and I keep it in my pants about the same amount as anyone else, I suspect. Your comments made me laugh out loud in my cubicle, and I had a hell of a time explaining to my conservative co-workers without coming out of the closet. I have a boyfriend and a husband. Before I started law school, I also dated and had shorter flings here and there. But nowadays I'm too busy. My husband and boyfriend have met but aren't involved with each other. Some poly groups get into long-term situations with three or four committed individuals. But my husband and I tend to do relationships in separate pairs. Some have told me I choose to be polyamorous because I'm married and I can choose to simply be with my husband or to sleep with other men. My argument for that is that gay men have married women and had children for centuries, but it doesn't make them less gay. Bisexual people can choose to be in a closed marriage. They can even be content, but their orientation is separate from that. My husband and I discussed polyamory before we married, but we didn't open our marriage for the first few years. I was still polyamory all that time. Polyamorous, rather, all that time. Thanks for your show. I love the Archers and Dumpty Dum. Have a great weekend. That just sounds so confusing. Imagine the Christmas card list. Whoa.
4: Mm. Do you remember last week, I'll, be, I'll try and be very, very quick with this, that I said or like, I hinted that um, I'd met somebody, once had a drink yes. with somebody and they went, they're, they're polyamorous.
3: What if Betsy in Texas?
4: It wasn't Betsy in Texas because uh, this happened in California and her name was not Betsy, Betty, Elizabeth, Liz or any derivative of uh, Elizabeth. So it wasn't, wasn't Betsy, right? But she, so her story was this, that she had, um, her husband had died of colon cancer 18 months beforehand and he, in effect, had been her, they'd met just after university, and she was about 41, 42. So they'd been, maybe 43. They'd been together for 20 years and been married for, I don't know, let, let's say 17. And they had two children. He'd died of colon cancer maybe uh, 12 to 18 months beforehand. And when the doc, when he went to the doctor said he was feeling ill, the doctor said, you've got six months and he died six weeks afterwards. So it was incredibly sudden. And her story basically was based around the shock of that and the fact that the person who she thought was going to be her life partner had then disappeared so quickly everything got thrown up in the air she had six to twelve months of pure and utter chaos trying to bring up their kids Mm. and you know and recover Mm -hmm. and she said when the dust started to settle one of the things she realized is that she hadn't let her hair down and had the fun in her 20s that many of us had actually had so yeah that was her reason for being polyamorous she said so I'm dating a couple of guys and I've never I've never dated a woman before because I've never dated anyone before and, I, and she said, mm. I'm not I'm not gay but I'm, I just want to see what it feels like um do you want to join the team Mr Brown and and I and, <laughs> I, and, and I said oh thanks for the drink <laughs> 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 but a bit hasty retreat. But it was such a compelling story, and she was dare I say, it, incredibly normal and lovely. And you could own, and it was hard not to feel um, a large smidgen of sympathy for her in the way you know the story that she told. But then also we just wanting to, in a you know, she was obviously using that as as a way to completely exit out of her grief. But it, it just felt incredibly um, incredibly genuine and, and kind of understandable. But anyway, enough about polyamory. Thank you, Betsy, for your email. I found it somewhat fascinating. Now, uh, bell ringing. I love Neil yes. getting his knickers in a twist about Harrison yes. not, not taking things ball. seriously. Yes. You
3: will not do that. That's
4: <laughs> great. I <laughs> quite fancy Neil now. <laughs> now, you've always had a little bit of a thing for him, haven't you? I have. Yes. You have. You have. He's very wise. Mm. And shall we do caller inners because there's lots of bits and pieces we can talk about in the last week. Yeah. Ambridge, maybe we can do them in between the calls. Hello,
1: Ambridge
4: three nine six two. Um, who should we have first? Our Lucy. Let's have.
3: Oh, Luke from California. The best plot prediction ever.
5: Ever. Hello, guys. How's it going? This is Luke in California here with one question. How long do you think it is before Monty gets Ruby up the duff? Have a nice one. See ya. Bye. Luke, you
3: are a genius. That is so what's going to happen. And if it isn't, <laughs> and Carrie Davis is listening, it is now because they neither of them have been done yet because they're both y yeah, oh hang on how young is monty do we know
4: i've absolutely no idea
3: because normally when you get them from a rescue or a rehoming they've been done
4: <laughs> mm. oh
3: blast oh i really hope that that's i hope you're right and, that, is that and that got that the that's the balls wrong. off
4: that story then loose Possibly, I've Mm. castrated
3: it before it reached adolescence. But it would be such a good thing, especially as you'd end up with a Doberman cross, whatever the hell fluffy thing she is. It would just be really funny. Sometimes you do look, you meet dog walkers, and they say, you say, oh, what's he? And they say, oh, he's a so-and-so, whippet Dalmatian, Jack Russell something, and you think, how in the world did that work? You know, just with some little tiny Jack Russell with a step I just don't know how it happens at all the time, but anyway. Yes, no, that would I would love that. I would love that. So I very much hope that they're both young dogs and they haven't been done yet, so it can, it can happen. Maybe on a bouncy castle with one of them in high heels. Brilliant!
4: How does that happen, by the way, that you can just completely deflate a bouncy castle?
3: Well, the whole thing was that they made a point of saying... Kate was on it in high heels,
4: uh, didn't they? I missed that bit. Okay,
3: she said. They said, "Why did Kate? Why on earth did Kate think she could do this in high heels?" I don't know. She's mad. But the the continuity of that was a bit odd. Jennifer said the musicians had not turned up, and you could hear them in the background. Mm. Then everyone said, "Where's Where's uh, Kate?" And "Where's Kate?" She went back inside. So hopefully, she'll um, she'll sober up. And then they couldn't find Toby. And they were talking about the fact that they couldn't find Toby when they were near the bouncy castle. And then all this stuff was supposed to happen on the bouncy castle. So it was all a bit odd, really. But anyway, never mind. Um, uh, yes, but I don't know. And anyway, they're made of such strong stuff. I don't, you'd have to be wearing needle heels. And Kate wouldn't wear needle heels. She'd wear those weird moulded ones, I think.
4: Oh, so. You'd think, what if there is such a thing as an adult bouncy castle? You've got to think that it's going to be a little bit more reinforced, surely. Then, why is it adult? Why?
3: Yeah, I know, I know. Hmm,
4: Hmm.
3: I think they put the party episode, I I think they handed the plotting of that to the intern. I think,
4: (laughs) 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 and then just, just, it's fine, it's
3: just a party. Don't worry,
4: anyway. Yeah, all a bag of nonsense. You're right. Didn't feel like it's part of the same show. Right. So, no, moving no. on. Um, shall we have another call, then?
3: What I did like... Oh, yes, yes. Can we do no, Quilted no... Bunny now?
4: Yes.
2: Hello there. Uh, Quilted Bunny here. Recent arrival in Land. Fresh off the plane at Pennyhasset International Airport and therefore a first-time caller, inna. Uh... At Quilted Bunny, among the twits. Just to establish my bony fidos, um, I've certainly been listening for 50 years. uh, Earliest memory when uh, Jenny, who was not a darling in those days, uh, tried to get the vicar, was it Matthew Reeford, to break the news of her pregnancy with Adam to her parents. Uh, I missed a lot of the village goings-on in the 70s what with having to wear flares and listen to T-Rex and Wizard and Mot the Hoople. But I returned in about 1980 and have been around ever since. My wife refers to the Archers as Cloud Cuckoo Land, and who's to say that there isn't an element of Aristophanes at times? Okay, the point of this debut appearance is to appeal for a call, not the obvious, The usual Shuler, Pip, Susan, Toby, Anisha, insert Bet noir here sort of cull, bought a cull of scripties, scriptwriters. Back in the late Middle Ages, the programme was originally written by Edward J. Mason and Geoffrey Webb. By the time of Pip the Elder, John Keir Cross had replaced Webb. Then, Norman Painting tried to fool the taxman by masquerading as Bruno Milner for 1,198 episodes. By the 1980s, there was a rotation of four. Mary Cutler, who's still on the books, Helen Ledbetter, Margaret Phelan, and James Robson. The problem nowadays is that the scripty total seems to be well into double figures. And what this means is that the best of them is only getting four, perhaps five weeks a year whereas the worst of them is getting four, maybe five weeks a year. And I've certainly noticed that some of my least entertaining weeks as an Archer's listener have ended at 7.15 on a Friday evening with the words, The script was written by Paul Broderick. Now, I realise that the writers don't have white card to do as they wish, but this authorship by plethora approach is just asking for unevenness and poor continuity and all that sort of thing. So, I reckon that they should go back to having no more than five. Kerry could have, say, 16 weeks a year, and the other four, nine each. And Broderick can get a job at the chicken factory. I look forward to your support, in which I take a size XL. So, that's it. All the best to you and yours the second best to them and theirs and anything left over to be shared amongst the poor of the parish.
3: Well, Mr Quilted Bunny, I need to take issue with with you on that. I thought that the script this week, I really loved the bits... It is rare that men on the archers make me laugh that aren't Jimmas. And this week... That's not true. Neil makes you laugh. Yeah, but not intentionally. The... The, the exchange between... Robert um, makes you
4: laugh. Intentionally. No. Robert Snell does.
3: He doesn't. Wilford, you sound like a five-year-old. Robert makes you
4: laugh. <laughs> 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 yes, he does. Pension. Pension makes um, you laugh. Brian. <laughs> okay. I don't know.
3: No, 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 because when they're trying to be funny, they don't. But the exchange between Josh and um, Rex about Xanthi mm. really make me laugh. Why? I thought it was very well written. And it did sound like two blokes discussing a woman who'd been coming onto one of them very strongly. Um, And he was saying, oh, she's just being friendly. And he said, God, I wish I had friends like that. And it was just, it sounded accurate to me. It sounded about right. Mm. Um, And the nonsense between um, Linda and Lillian, I really liked. Um, The Kate's kind of huffy-puffy about... Um, you know, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I'm going outside to eat worms. And all that is (laughs) kind of, um, I thought that was really good. So I don't agree with you that um, Paul Broderick is not, um, is, that that script was in any way sort of second rate. But I do agree with you that there are, see, I don't understand why there are so many script writers now. There's hundreds of the buggers.
4: Mm. This week's Dumby Dum Extra with Kerry, the lovely Kerry Davis, he doesn't say that there are too many, but I think he does say that there are 12, 11, mm. which mm. is what this call obviously said as well. And I think that, you know, and his thing is that different script writers bring different elements to the show. Um, obviously they can all do humour to a degree, but he said, you know, but Kerry was like, so, I like going out. So if it's a, a storyline about kind of going out, I add an extra special, you know, kind of flavour to that because I am a party mm. person, et cetera. Mm. But one of the things which I did mention, it, did, which we did talk about in that interview, is how the, the acting, the delivery of the lines has actually changed in, I'm going to say, more than just the 25 years that Kerry's been working on the show. But let's say in the last 40 years, and i to use an example in the interview uh w- which i did i use an example from the mid 1970s and my god lucy it, it, it's it's like some amateur dramatic stilted yeah. shakespearean yeah. production yeah. um it's jack woolley speaking to somebody who i i don't know who this who this other person is but the 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 modern script writers do small talk, and I think you're right to bring up Josh and Rex, do small talk, and the casualness of conversation infinitely better than ever they used to. And you just go back to the recordings of the 1980s, forget the 1970s, and it sounds like a completely different world. Um, And one of the things which um, Kerry Kind of also explained is that you know if somebody is having a cup of tea, though they don't actually drink the cup of tea because they're reading from their lines, but they will go through the motion. So even you get that infinitesimal amount of um, effort that you put into your voice when you're just bending to do something, and it makes such a difference because obviously they never used to do that back in the day. So there is the delivery of the lines, then there is actually the, the quality of the lines have actually been written for the actors and 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 I kinda of agree with you. I, I disagree with this caller really that you know the small talk the, the asides are actually for me which kind of kind of make this and I could actually yeah. kinda of do without the plot to be honest with you. I'm gonna have people just, <laughs> just talk to each other. You know I really could Lucy. I don't know yeah, mean... no,
3: I'm
4: completely the same <laughs> <laughs> storyline? What storyline? Just <laughs>
3: As long as we just lip through the flower project you show, someone gets married. That's fine. I don't need, yeah, I don't need, I don't need arcs or anything. Yeah, it's fine.
5: Absolutely. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> the next call? Uh, yeah, it's Cosmo next.
5: Ooh. Hi, Cosmo here. And hello to everyone in Dumpty Dum Land. Long time no speaker, but Blythe Spirit knocked out a tweet asking for my thoughts on the Home Farm Partnership Agreement. When it was first talked about, I said it was unworkable, as Brian would not accept being told what to do. Luckily, as he had found his own nest, that problem was solved. I also said that I hoped they had sorted out the exit arrangements, as that would come up before long. Brian told Kate that she and everyone else had signed up to an agreement where all partners have to agree to any share being sold. Payment is over 10 years at a very low rate of interest, no ongoing income from the farm, and I'm assuming that this is throughout the 10-year period as well as subsequently. All partnership agreements have to have some form of exit clause, and given that it is a family arrangement rather than an entirely commercial one, a 10-year buyout clause seems evidently sensible as the partnership has no real assets. Remember, Brian still owns the land, and so effectively any partner can only be bought out from future profits of the partnership. So I reckon this arrangement is entirely kosher. I also pointed out when they started that the two girls, Kate and Alice, were giving up significant substantial assets in the form of their cottages for something almost ephemeral in contrast and before doing so should have taken proper independent legal advice. I am not a lawyer, but my advice would be to them not to do the deal as it was highly unfair. My view is that those two have potentially been defrauded by their father and should report him to the police, but probably signing the agreement overrides that. Good luck to everyone. Be in touch again soon. Bye.
3: That's Cosmo. I've actually actually found that call a bit disturbing because if Kate decides to sue, and she does that because she's now got Phoebe on side, and Phoebe's normally kind of... Phoebe's the one that tells her mum to, you know, calm the hell down. And if Phoebe is now going, yes, well, I think you're quite right, mum. I think you have been treated really badly. And I think this is really awful. And Usha is saying, Yes, you have been, you know, they've taken your, they've dismissed your business as not important. Um, they've sort of given it to you as go on, Kate, you you tiddle off and go and, you know, leap about with goats and you know, and we'll just all watch it collapse. Um, and now they've actually done something without consulting her that has completely jeopardised her business. Um if she sued Brian, then what could she do? I mean that because we were all expecting an inheritance cock-up to do with Rory, but it could actually be to do with this, couldn't it?
4: Mm, no, it, it could, it could. And we do need after saying that um I could do away with with, with plot, right? Uh, we do need Kate to have um, a decent little munch of the storyline, don't we? We 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 actually do, and yeah. and this would come nicely. She, from she's that always the
3: comic relief, Kate, Absolutely. and it would be, or, or, or she's or she's the terrible mum, and it would be nice to hear her actually going, no, look, you you take the piss out of me for being, you know, a hippie, a lazy sort of hippie. Mm. hippie well, girl. you know,
4: I th- I think Lucy, you're spot on the money here because there's that whole thing about no one taking her seriously. You no, know, yeah. Alice says to her. Is uh, yeah, tipping us the wink that actually she's gonna lawyer up, isn't she? That's exactly yeah. it. You're yeah. gonna have to yeah. take me seriously, yeah, yeah. Oh,
3: Ooh, I know that, and the dogs getting pregnant. How much more excitement can we do?
4: <laughs> I, I don't like myself for liking Kate Aldridge, there's a you know, but I really love her as a character, whatever. I, I, I think she's absolutely fantastic, and um, and and maybe. This new iteration of her, they just slightly dial down the "I'm just you know hapless and, and kind of feckless" just by five degrees, not completely, just five degrees. You know, I think she'd be the yeah. absolutely perfect character, perfect character.
3: Do you remember, do you remember Dick Emery in the nineteen seventies?
4: You are awful. Yes, I do. Well,
3: that's it. That's when you when you watch Twitter uh-huh. on the tweet along when any scene is on with Kate, you will basically see written in a tweet a version of. Oh you are awful, but I (laughs) like you everybody thinks she's so dreadful, but they just go, Oh god, she's so annoying, but I do love her. Because every she just manages to rile rile everybody all the time. It's wonderful, but without any of the there's there's no sort of malice because she's just an idiot. Mm. She just she has no empathy because she's just not interested in anybody in anyone else, basically
4: and I tell you all right for somebody again I'm, I'm I'm repeating myself now saying that I don't like plot or at least I can dispense with plot it was a very clever plot device to have Usha having her um her yeah. birthday treat as a you know thing at spiritual home so yeah. she could listen to Kate yeah. with her on so she could yeah. turn around and say, "Well, I think you might have a case here." Yeah, and that was genius. Yeah, because those yeah. two characters yeah. would not bump into each other. No, at all. no. So, and,
3: and if they did, it would be in the shop or in the pub, and it wouldn't be anywhere where they'd have
4: that level of exactly intimacy. Yeah. Yes, yeah yeah
3: yeah, 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 yeah. So, why doesn't Phoebe? Why didn't Phoebe want Kate to give her a massage?
4: Because she thinks it's all a bit airy fairy nonsense, doesn't she? She's kind of said that before, but she she appreciates
3: i thought she had a tattoo or something
4: uh, or a piercing there says a woman with a teenage daughter yeah but kate wouldn't be against a tattoo she'd love that no
3: unless it said god is love or something In which case,
4: she... <laughs> 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 well done freeman um do we have another call I don't think we do. I think we've done them. Have we? Have no we? I, di- I know we, we have had that many this week. Luke Cosmo
3: and Quilted Bunny and Betsy was an email.
4: Oh, that was it. Right. Smashing. Well, I tell you what, then, why don't we come back the other side of some advertisements and have um, a little bit of some social media roundup. And then we'll have some uh, tweets of the week. Hello and welcome to the things that made England. I'm Roy Phil Brown and with me I have.
0: David Crowther of the history of England.
4: It was the
2: best of times, it was the worst. She was the people's princess. We fight on the beaches.
3: Away, oh, man. These are the things that made
1: England. We
2: fight on the landing ground.
3: These are the
1: things that made I England. I have a body,
5: but of a weak and feeble woman.
2: These are the things that made England. And the
1: King of England too. These are the things that made England.
2: Cry God for Harry!
4: And these are the things that made England. England! And St George!
1: These are the things that made England.
4: It gives wind in Churchill's sails to say we can continue to fight on. Well, there cannot be many more famous events in English history than 1066. It hurts, (laughs) even now. Because 1066 is important. Yeah. But... There's aspects of modern British culture which I think get overlooked, so I'm proposing that this week we do scar. For
0: me, the English flag has in the past certainly become associated with factionalism and well, hideous racist and far-right views, and it's turned into a thing of disunity and almost xenophobia.
4: The idea of this show is to decide on what things that make England...
0: As she is, the country that, despite it all, we feel lucky to be part of.
4: Every week, one of us, that's David and I, will pitch an idea to the other to be designated as one of the things that makes England distinctive.
0: Go and join our shiny new Facebook site, where once a month we will post a poll where, should you so desire, you can make your own very suggestions for applications to the I Made England Award. So, without more ado, let us do it.
1: Good day, everyone. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to say that we now have over 2,000 followers on our Facebook page. I think partly that's a result of the show being uh, featured on Radio 4 Extra. So thank you to everyone involved with that. Um, but it's also really interesting that with over 2,000 people who uh, say they like the page we the number of people who are actually engaging in the page is reducing so I'd like to put out a challenge to you this week that if you have not yet actually uh, said something on the Facebook page or you haven't called into the show could you please do that this week let's get we love all of our regulars absolutely but let's see if we can find a few new people out there that we can have our discussions with um, I'm a bit I'm a bit of a lurker myself sometimes on other sites, so I do understand but we'd love to hear from you. We all started by talking this week about the delicious irony of listening to selfish Alice ripping shreds of selfish Kate, and we wondered if um, either of them had any reason to feel sorry for themselves. Phil Park said no, with lots of exclamation marks. Andy Bent said he'd loved that episode. It was like one of those Poiré stories where half the village turns out to have had a moat to bump someone off if anyone suggests that kate takes a relaxing holiday on a train or a nile cruise she should be worried (laughs) um denise and smallwood said middle-aged kate acts like a spoilt teenager she's angry with her life so she goes after an innocent person poor pip is blindsided by kate's admission she's really one of the mean girls she and alice need a big wake-up call Lots more in that vein. That did uh, uh, generate a bit of interest and some funny comments. So please get involved there. We also talked uh, earlier in the week about um, the major life issue that was discussed. You know about whether uh, Jake and Mia would um, would be able to live with Will and the fact that he was going to the solicitor. And it was beautifully juxtaposed against the comedy of Joe training a ferret. So we started a discussion about what trivial aspects of The Archers we enjoy the most. Um, And Heidi Griffiths, my new best friend, says that she knows that her comment is going to be unpopular. And Lucy may even ban her from Dumpty Dum. But she loves the panto. You know there's going to be arm twisting to get the villagers to take part and to rehearse. Yet it's an Oscar winning performance every year. Well, it's okay, Heidi, because if Lucy tries to piff you out, I'll drag you back in again because I love the panto too uh d dickens likes stir up sunday uh and laura Jo Elzinger said she loves the way the fate comes together every summer at what seems like the last minute with hardly any effort other than by one or two people uh, joanna Jessen says the annual produce show usually adds a dash of spice and intrigue not to mention cheating and dastardly deeds And Pat Ralph Hanovan says that she enjoys the hilarious conversations Linda has about books. And also John Kelston Merritt quite rightly took me to task. He said, ferret racing trivial, wash your mouth out with soap and water. I do apologise. I don't know what came over me, John. That was very rude of me. So inconsiderate. So thank you for your responses to that. And also, I guess partly because I work with young people a lot, Um, But I have children of my own. I was really amused with um, the fact that they were trying to enrol people in helping with the bell ringing. And then when they got there, Neil just made it all so unattractive. He was really, really grumpy. Um, John Carlston Merritt said, The best bit is Kate is going to sue... No, that's actually... No, I think he's put that in the wrong thread. I do apologise. Joanne Smith said, Somehow, I don't really see Neil as a light-hearted guy who would even know how to crack jokes and teach a skill in a fun way. <laughs> but Linda, say, Linda McLaughlin says, people have been killed, bell ringing. Dangerous. And Laura Jo Elzinger again says, hey, bell ringing is serious business. Gene uh, Bell says he was fierce but sensible. I, I, I was the only one. I was the only one that thought, Do you know, if I'd gone to that bell ringing, I would have gone once and I would have never gone back anyway it was a very fun week uh on facebook this week and i do thank you all for being involved and we'd love more people to be involved but if you don't want to be involved in the facebook page please phone in because we'd love to hear from some new caller inners. um and i will be back with you in a fortnight and next week i will leave you in the capable hands of Yoko bear but until then
3: hoo-hoo.
4: as always thank you for that miss bell thank you mm. Just seeing goodbye to Australia in the World Cup. Really? Oh. Yeah, I know you're not up for the World Cup, but you know what? They're a dreadfully stolid bunch of footballers. Glad to see the back of them. Uh, but that doesn't... I don't want you to, to take that personally, though, m- misspell. No, 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 no. It's just the way your country plays football. It's Dreadful to watch. Anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Another diplomatic incident. <laughs>
4: anyway, yeah. Uh, tweets of the last seven days. When you're ready, let's have them.
3: Okay. Uh, Helen missed out on the um, Food and Farming Awards and Little Kim uh, said, don't despair, Helen. You're still the best attempted murderer in the- in <laughs> 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 uh Mrs Trellis. Dear Archer scriptwriters, I feel I should make you aware that if you engineer a romance between Shula and Philip, I will come down to the BBC and vomit on you. Yours sincerely. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Wallington. Will you be my best man? Character I've scarcely had two scenes with since I joined the cast. <laughs> I
4: did think that, you know. Yes. I really did think that. Yeah, It's the I one know. thing which I hate from soaps, right? That mm. They always have to contrive that your best friend yeah. is somebody who just happens to live next door to you. Yeah, You know, somebody you've met in the shop and had two drinks yeah. with. You
3: know, yeah, you
4: know, oh, come on now. Never happens in I really real mean, life. Cool
3: on, no. mm. I do know. Anyway.
4: Yeah.
3: Sarah Thornton what? this tweet goes out to women of my age and above can only assume that the person who wrote about mother of three Ruth, 50, climbing onto a bouncy castle without a moment's pause or worry (laughs) was not a woman (laughs) (laughs) when we got a trampoline Mm. in the back garden um, I said to my sister-in-law that I was quite excited about having a go at it and she said a go on it rather and she said yes Word of warning, she said, when a little bit of wee comes out, that's high enough. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are, um and tweet of the week is from John Kavanaugh, who had Pip <laughs> saying to Toby, you've let me down, you've let yourself down, you've let the bouncy castle down. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hooray, hooray, hooray. End like of the that was excellent. Well done, sir. <laughs> <laughs> right, folks. Um Oh, that that that's uh, this dummy dum feels rather quick, Lucy. I almost we able... probably
3: missed out something vital, haven't we?
4: Mm, yeah. Uh, right. We've done Neil Bell ringing. We've done. um You've mentioned Will and and the and the kids. In wanting to foster the world. I think we've just done about bad, we've just done it in really good time, that's all. Yeah. Well done, us. Yeah. Mm. Mm.
3: I, I'd, yes, it, I'd quite like to. I don't know if people around the world, mm. uh, England is experiencing summer, which we are describing as a heatwave, death trap, slash, you know, potential health nightmare. So it is very warm in in Great Britain and English people like me do not cope with this very well. Roy Ford's probably loving it. I am not so much. And at the moment, I am in a very, very small room with the windows and the doors shut. And it's quite warm. So it's quite (laughs) nice. This This is a short show so I can go and get into a cold shower and just stand there.
4: This is one of the things which I dislike about my compatriots. Right, because... What, moaning about the weather? Yeah, because, you know, it was the beast from the east two months ago. <laughs> now people are moaning because it's too hot, right? Yeah. it's like
3: and then it will rain and then they'll go, oh, is that it? And now summer was it? oh, brilliant, I don't know why
4: I don't go move to France. <laughs> we are the the country that talks about the weather by far the most. And, and And I've never really been able to understand it. People say to me, oh, what's the weather like today? Right. And they go, just look out the window. I don't know. right, And I don't really care. You know, it's like I don't yeah. I don't understand how we've constructed a whole culture around bitching and whining about the temperature going up and down. We know it's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. The Beast from the East was a little bit extreme, but it was bloody funny yeah. to to watch and to listen to from all the way in California. I tell you. <laughs> from a nice one <laughs> yes.
3: one nice when you were here and cars were hurtling past the window. Yes. Mm.
4: No, my my mum did a uh, drive uh, slide onto someone's driveway um, a, a few months ago. She was she was trying trying to do a three point turn and, and lost all manner oh, and uh, found herself oh, away from someone's uh, porch. But apart from that, I think she she coped manfully. Good, mm.
3: good for your mum. Right. Well, I am also coping womanfully in that I came downstairs is a, in a sundress this morning, Ooh. and it was um, it was. Seven o'clock, and it was already baking. And I came downstairs, and um, uh, Tilly, my daughter, walked past me, stopped, walked back again, and said, Go upstairs and put a bra on, you're much too wobbly to wear that. (laughs) (laughs) So I
4: was like, Okay, sorry, we'll go for cheese
3: (laughs) (laughs) all the wrong way around. But and then I I looked at you, you just like
4: like, super posh because you, you, you have things like sundresses, you know, it's just a dress with. Straps, not sleeves. But it is actually officially called a sundress. I've, I've never heard the expression before.
3: Really? No, I've never heard it.
4: Never heard it before.
3: What would you say then? Well, I doubt you wear them that often, do you? No, not, not
4: often. <laughs> there was the one Christmas party, but apart from that, no, I haven't worn one since.
3: I've just got a mental picture of you in a sundress now. <laughs>
4: I've got <laughs> lovely shoulders. I could really carry one off, I tell you. would be a problem for me? me. And I've got a cracking pair of knees as well. Calves and knees, so I'd look lovely in a sundress. Mm. Hmm. Well perhaps yeah. you'd like to show us all by taking a picture of yourself on posting it on Twitter. I don't see why i why I wouldn't. Uh what mm. colour do you think? I'll even purchase one. What colour do you think would suit me?
3: Well, is it going to be an urban one, as Linny would say? <laughs> 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 an urban. Summer. I think camo. Probably think Kanye. What would Kanye wear? He'd wear a camo sundress
4: with a with a with a snapback, wouldn't he? Yeah, with with some <laughs> jaunty little kind of hat number. Yeah, and some ridiculous shoes. Well, he's got his whole line in Yeezy Yeezy footwear, hasn't he? So, oh, yeah. God. talking about Yeezy in my family, you know, the biggest Yeezy fan is in the brand family is? Your son. How did you? Have I told you this before?
3: Yeah, oh. you said that he played you his music and said, and he did this, Dad, and he did this, Dad, and, did this, and you didn't realise how much stuff he'd actually oh, done. You,
4: you are a tricky person to podcast against Freeman because you've got the memory of an elephant. Good and the God, res- res- resemblance does not end there, especially
3: <laughs> in a sundress.
4: <laughs> I just say? <laughs> yeah, no, that boy is Yeezy mad. But, um, so guess where I'm going tomorrow? Where? Canada, because said so he's oh. graduating from high school. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So I bought so him then
3: going to college?
4: Is that going to cost you 80 billion pounds? Well, slightly not, because, um, Canada, I think it's a little bit more expensive than than the US for college uh, fees and stuff, but it's not the US, so to speak. You know, it's kind of mid-Atlantic in, in that kind of way. Um, so and he's actually got a scholarship, a little scholarship to do computer science. So uh, I bought him a little watch today, a little man watch with some cufflinks and everything, which you'll probably never oh. ever wear, but you can just like put it down for graduating and Oh, I can't wait to see him in his little board, and you know, oh, just be just be lovely. But he was trying to put me on coming. He kept on saying, "Dad, why are you coming?" Uh, like it, all I've got to do. Is, that's you
3: know, because he turns about the sundress.
4: That's <laughs> well. <laughs> but it, it's like son, all right? It doesn't matter whether it's just twenty seconds. He, you ain't know, be called out, you know. I am there, and he says, done not seven, I somebody, yeah. well, all the way for that." I am like, "Stop it!" Oh, so yeah, so. Uh I will be doing that then then coming back for a couple of weeks and then going back off to the US of oh, A. Hey. Um now but Guess what I'm doing tomorrow? Um what are you doing tomorrow?
3: It's my birthday. What? Really? And tomorrow.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: And tomorrow and I have had one of those letters that come one of those from the texts queen? that come
4: um... A telegram.
3: Sorry? A telegram from no. the Queen.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> See? Ready? Now me tower I... toppled over, my tower topples over Jenga Tower. I told you Um oops. A Jenga Tower of Sound. Um no, I had one of those letters from I mean a text from the delivery companies when they say, Hello, we're going to wait until you've gone out and then rush around and not give you the thing you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's from a company called hang on. Is it gone? Tree to my door. And I haven't ordered a tree and I don't know who the tree is from, but I'm having a tree <laughs> delivered tomorrow. I don't know where it's going to go. I didn't want it. <laughs> I'm sure it will be lovely. But I'm slightly worried that this are you not know, going to be inside them here. Beep, 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 as a lorry backs up the drive with a bloody great tree on the back. But anyway, isn't that exciting? Tree to my door.
4: It sounds very exciting.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So, Arliss, <laughs> shall we start yes. to wrap this up? Yes. All right. com. go there. I'm going to say that again dumdydum.com go there because it's got some stuff on there like a forum and I know not many people are using it uh, but we've got to use it folks uh, and it's just uh, a cool way of you discussing archers related things with other So go to dumdydum.com um and then I should really look at the script because my, bl- my 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 bl- brain my brain's gone blank
5: mm <laughs>
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Potter's wheel going uh, round the Yes, that that was the sound of my brain whirring. Um, <laughs> but- so that was a bloody magic roundabout. The sound of your brain missing roundabout. Yes. Um, who was the Who was the, the the slow one? Dylan. That's me. Very Dylan. With likes. the
3: guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Florence. Annoying and bossy. Also Lucy on Peanuts.
4: You are. Oh, my God. I know, I really am, aren't I? Good God. Have I never noticed that before? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) folks, um, we had a little flurry, Lucy, a little flurry of reviews. Because remember last week I said we need reviews at the start of the show. Uh, Folks, it's a full court press. I need you to continue to write reviews because... We are still not in that iTunes top 100 and we got as far as I don't know, number seven or number three or whatever the heck it was once before. So please, 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 I beseech you, I implore you, write us a review on Apple Podcasts or on a podcatcher of your choice. Write us a review. Go tell a friend. If you do, if you just do one thing, go tell a friend. But do two things. Go tell a friend and write us a review. Because reviews are awesome, Lucy. And they get us up those charts, which mean that more people will get to know about uh, the good works of all things here at Dumpty Dum, at the Dumpty Dum Town. So write us a review. Now remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via Speakpipe on our website, which is of course dumdydum.com, or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message which can be in the form of a plot prediction or some kind of archers inane rambling because we love rambling um on social media you can find me royfield and our juicy loose at Dumdy dum so that's at DumDy dum on the twitters lucy is at lucy v freeman and i can be found at royfield and of course there is that other um repository of social media witterings which is facebook so you can go on there and you can do the Millie Bell with a spoon. Who is getting much better and went back to work yesterday, by the way, everybody. Hey, Yeah, I saw the picture. Three Ring Circus. So simply just type in "dumby dum on the book of face. Right, Lucy. I feel mm-hmm. that we kind of did that show in indecent haste, considering oh, we, we, we were up against it time-wise. Well, I feel like we've still got another three minutes or something we could fill.
3: Yeah, but I'm on the verge of passing out. It's about 142
4: degrees in here. Oh, God, you has been so English. Um, how's your throat? Um, better since the painkillers, thank you. Awesome. Uh, so Lucy's on the mend. We're at the end of Dum Dum. Uh, England playing two days' time. I'm about to catch a plane... Uh, I think that's just about it. More archers from- Can you give
3: can you give the the combined congratulations of the Dumpty Dum people to your son,
4: please? Oh yes I will. Oh and by the yes. way, Lucy. Yes, what, of course. What, what? You've listened to the promo I did for the Kerry Davis interview. Yes. Have you actually listened to it? No. Oh <laughs> Do you actually I will, I- Do you actually subscribe to Dumpty Dum? Yeah, I keep getting emails from you, so I must have done. No, that's because I just put your email address in when I email everybody else. Oh When I say is says, Fly, oh, I, I, I mean that. on a podcatcher, do you actually download
3: Oh yes, 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 yeah.
4: Well, the music in the background of the promo uh for the Kerry Davis interview is Noah's music. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's bloody oh, well, I don't well. say so myself. So um so there you go, everybody. And um, you can hear my son's music if you listen to the promo. And that's me signing out. And it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Yay! Cool. Let's hit stop.
1: <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.